I'm Mindy Peterson, and this is Enhanced Life with Music, a holistic look at music's effect on our everyday lives. We talk quite a bit on this show about music's unique abilities to both preserve diverse cultures and bring those diverse cultures together. I find that musicians have a highly developed understanding that our shared goal is not uniformity, but unity, and that there is strength in our diversity. I had the opportunity recently to experience a place that showcases this aspect of music in a powerful way. I first heard about the Musical Instrument Museum called MIM in Phoenix several years ago from a student of mine who had visited when she was in Phoenix. Shout out to the student Annika, who is now a college student at Michigan State. Annika was probably in junior high at the time, and the enthusiasm she had about this museum experience really caught my attention. I was able to experience the MIM myself recently and meet with their curator of education, Catherine Palmer. I was so impressed and am thrilled to spotlight this jewel that we have here in the U.S. It's 10 years old, so established, but also fairly young, and not nearly enough people know about it. And silver lining from COVID, the MIM has made some of their incredible programming available virtually. Catherine Palmer, the MIMS Curator of Education, is with me today. I could spend the entire episode just talking about Catherine's credentials and international adventures. <laughs> she has a multifaceted musical career as a music educator, arts administrator, and performing musician. She has multiple degrees in music performance and ethnomusicology. Welcome to Enhance Life with Music, Catherine. Thanks, Mindy. It's great to be here with you. Catherine, one of the MIMS claims to fame is its collection of musical instruments from all countries of the world and its display of them that creates a cultural education. Tell us a little bit about how the MIM uses technology and other factors to bring these instruments to life. Yeah, so the scope of MIM is actually quite bigger than than most people would really imagine when you hear a musical instrument museum. You don't really think of representing um, nearly, uh, well, well over 200 countries and territories from around the world. Um, but we're housed in a 200,000 square foot building. And really, we have a lot of space dedicated to uh, geographic regions, countries and territories, um, various uh, groups of people. And part of the way that the instruments are displayed and that we're able to really both um, bring the music to life, but also the culture that's uh, embedded in that uh, is through the use of technology. And so the technological components, uh, namely a, a wireless hands-free um, headset, uh, allows you to be immersed in the display as you sort of uh, walk through our galleries. So as you approach um, an exhibit, uh, the television screen will feature the, um, the instruments and the musicians uh, making the music, and then you can hear that with immediacy as you sort of enter the the zone of that exhibit. Yeah, it's really slick. I mean, you don't have to do anything. You just, it senses where you are and immediately starts playing that music through these wireless headsets when you, as you said, when you approach the display. Yeah, it really helps to create that immersive um, experience, which is what one of MIM's founding principles was, was something that was, that was easy to operate, but that allowed uh, guests to feel as though they were a part of it. 
And not only are you hearing that, but you're also watching it on the screen because tell us about the displays, the, the screens that each of the displays has. Yeah, each exhibit has a, um, a television screen that accompanies that and it has audio visual content um, that's associated with whatever um, instruments are on display or whatever uh, music and culture is, is being presented. And those clips could be anything, uh, thinking about our USA gallery from um, popular clips from television shows um, or music videos that you may recognize in the past, famous concerts like Woodstock. Um, but if you go to some of our other galleries, you're also looking at music from specific groups. So uh, for example, in Tanzania, um, a, a cultural group associated with the Wogogo tribe uh, performing music. Uh, and if we were to go to Asia, maybe some of the, the celebrations that are associated with um, some Asian holidays like uh, Chinese New Year that, you know, come mm -hmm. to life. And if you've ever traveled, you, you, you can feel uh, these things as you move through the gallery. Yeah. Um, well, and some and of the costumes that are used in the presentation of this music in their cultural context are, are very elaborate, and you really do kind of feel like you're there. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that, you know, music is not just the sound and the instruments, right? It's all of these extra musical associations, mm. uh, whether that's the important outfits or the regalia that goes with that. Um, but making sure that that comes together in context is, is really one of men's primary goals. Well, it's neat too, because sometimes you see these obscure looking to us looking instruments. And one of them that really caught my attention was this belt rattle made of goat hooves. And it was really interesting. And the belt is kind of, the name belt is kind of a misnomer because it's more like the size of a kilt, you know, and you're looking at this like, <laughs> How how do they do this? You know, I'm kind of picturing like a belly dancer trying to get the hooves to, you know, shake, but it's, you know, looking more like a kill. So it's really fun to see some of these instruments in action. Yeah, I think that, you know, just from a cultural standpoint, because we all exist in a certain time and space, right? We have this um, limited view of what can make music and what a musical instrument is. And a place like MIM really opens our eyes to sort of the endless opportunities and possibilities of music making as they've occurred, you know, throughout the world mm -hmm. and uh, over a course of time as well. Yeah. Well, as you mentioned, over 200 countries and territories are represented. The displays are grouped according to country, and it is really fascinating and impactful and powerful to walk through these different galleries and see all these different countries represented. I, my husband was actually born in Sierra Leone, and it was fun to see that exhibit and text him a picture like, hey, look, here's some music from Sierra Leone. You know, so it was, it was, it was really powerful. Yeah. And that's, you know, one of the other really beautiful things that comes out of MIM is that as people move through the space, they can go with their own their own rate. There's no suggested um, path. They can really explore what they want and when they want. Um, sort of purposely set up for that reason that you can go back and you say, oh, I have I have ties here. I have ancestors, or you know, my uh, my spouse, or my loved ones, or I traveled here. Or, you know, when I was in college, I did a study abroad, or mm -hmm. one of our favorite trips was to this location. So you really have this personalized aspect to this global space. Um, and one of the funnest things to do as an employee is to go up in the galleries, uh, in particular on some of our busier days and to overhear people because everybody's in headphones. <laughs> so they don't realize how loud they're talking to one another. 
but the conversations that take place when they're each sort of in their own immersive sound oh, bubble bet. around these exhibits, right? You can like, oh, kind of literally be a fly on the wall. <laughs> yeah, you go, oh, can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear that. You know, and they're they're sharing memories and they're they're making new ones together, and oh. um, it's a really beautiful celebration of of music. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Well, the vision of them is to create a collection of musical instruments from every country in the world and to give equal representation to the music and instruments of every country rather than primarily focusing on Western music, which is unique to MIM. And that kind of makes sense. It's not necessarily unexpected. I What wasn't unexpected for me was that cultural education and just that unifying experience that I that was presented. And the other thing that was a little unexpected for me that I loved was the st- how the STEM education is integrated into the experience of the museum. Tell us a little bit about the STEM integration. There are sort of endless possibilities with, with education and teaching within a space like MIM. Um, and one of the things that opened up sort of about five years in for the institution um, was a, an emphasis and a focus on STEM and how music and science go hand in hand. And we sort of uh, call our STEM gallery uh, how science brings music to life. And it gave us a chance to really explore the innovations behind the musical instruments. Um, And, you know, as you noted, you were sort of surprised at some of the things you saw. And oftentimes science can help explain some of what we're seeing and Mm -hmm. some of what we're hearing. And knowing that um, curricularly STEM really had uh, taken off and was one of the things that teachers were really looking for, schools were really looking for in particular with, you know, some interdisciplinary aspects. Um, MIM was in a position to help provide some of that because we're sort of a new institution. Um, and one of our founding principles is this idea of ever changing and ever evolving. Mm. Uh, we're able to adapt and incorporate things that um, can help tell a, a different part of that story. So science teachers love MIM as much as music teachers as love as much as sort of humanities and social studies teachers. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when I was there that you were saying People come here not from music backgrounds always. Sometimes they're coming here just for the STEM education or just for the cultural experience. I thought that was really fascinating. Yeah, by far the majority of our field trips uh, are not driven by a music teacher. Music Ah. teachers love MIM and they love to come to MIM. uh, But the majority of the students that we see are coming from sort of the core subjects. um, And they're taking things like our STEM tour, which happen to be our most popular field trip option. Mm. Interesting. Well, some of the things that I enjoyed in that uh, with that STEM focus was learning about things that I hadn't necessarily thought about in terms of how instruments create the sound and what factors contribute to differences in timbre between the different instruments. There are displays that talk about how the instruments are like wind instruments, for example, are basically tubes for vibrating air (laughs) with the wavelengths (laughs) and frequencies of the sound waves kind of corresponding to the length of the tube and how when you press keys or valves, it changes the length of the tube and alters the note being played. And I was like, man, as a pianist, and I also played violin for a while. So strings has really kind of been my focus. And I get that the different length of strings and thickness and material alters the pitch and the timbre of the 
sound that you're going to hear. But I hadn't really thought about the wind instrument. So it was really fun to just kind of learn about some of those other instruments and the science that goes into producing the sound. It's just a nice way to to reframe something that many of us are so familiar with. Uh, mm. I'm a classically trained clarinetist. And, you know, when I'm I'm doing my scales and I'm warming up and I'm <laughs> doing all these other things, you know, very rarely am I thinking like, oh, well, my vibrating column of air and my two planes, <laughs> right? Um, but you, the fundamentals of that are all built in to what we learned as very young kids when we started to to discover and play these instruments. So uh-huh. I think it's it's nice to sort of bring, you know, like the gallery says, how science does bring music to life. Yeah. And to to think about it that way, it opens up another, just another avenue for study of music. Absolutely. Well, one of the quotes from the MIMS website that I that caught my attention is, it said, MIM fosters appreciation of the world's diverse cultures by showing how we innovate, adapt, and learn from each other to create music, the language of the soul. And I thought that kind of captured the spirit of the museum. This is a quick break for our sponsor, Rollflex. If you're a regular listener of this show, you've probably heard me talk about my Rollflex Pro. It played a significant role in healing my repetitive use injuries, and I have continued to use it every day for years, both to prevent injuries and because it feels so good. The Rollflex Pro is a foam roller tool with clam-shaped arms that provide leverage to adjust the pressure to whatever you like or can tolerate. I use it mainly on my arms and in the neck shoulder area, but it can be used on any body part because of how it's designed. I highly recommend it. As I mentioned, I've been using the Rollflex daily for years and recently signed up as an affiliate. So you can help support the show at no extra cost to you by purchasing through my link in the show notes. The Rollflex is eligible for reimbursement from flexible spending accounts and HSAs. It's also eligible for medical insurance reimbursement in certain situations. More information is on the Rollflex website. This is Bob Bender, host of the Business Side of Music podcast. Check out our show where we talk about all things related to the music industry. We laugh, we share memories, we discuss what's worked and what didn't work. Our industry is always evolving and can never be locked inside a box. From the rookie fresh off the bus to the well-seasoned professional wondering which new direction to take their career, our show covers all the bases. Join us as we chase this elusive animal we like to call the music industry. Check us out at businesssideofmusic.com. You talked about one of the features of the museum is it MIM is constantly changing and it's adapting mm-hmm. and it, the displays are ever changing. You have so many artifacts and instruments from so many different countries that there is a constant rotation of some of these instruments. The other thing that's somewhat constantly changing is your artist gallery. That was really fun to go through. Mm-hmm. You kind of think of a music museum as being all about the Baroque and the classical, you know, but there were displays about Maroon 5 and Johnny Cash and Elvis Presley. And I think you mentioned that Taylor Swift was uh, one of the rotating exhibits in that artist gallery. Tell us some more about some of the musicians that you've focused on in the artist gallery and which ones have rotated and which ones are more permanent. Yeah. So in addition to those five geographic galleries, uh, upstairs, we have this artist gallery downstairs, and that has nearly 40 um, displays in it at any given time, um, largely objects that are on loan 
to us either from um, the musicians themselves or their estates or other interested um, bodies that would hold those instruments. And that is changing and evolving. Um, but some of my my favorite displays that have been in there um, include uh, Tito Puente and Celia Cruz. Uh, they went in just a couple years ago. Uh, this past year uh, in the summer, we added Roberta Flack. Uh, mm-hmm. She loaned us her piano really beautiful, very well displayed. Elvis and uh, the Graceland estate have an ever-changing, ever-evolving place here at MIM. The Carter Cash family, Johnny Cash is one of my favorites. I'm sort of a a country music (laughs) fan at heart. (laughs) Um, But other things like Pablo Casal's cello, Uh, he was a Spanish cellist who lived in Puerto Rico, uh, who's very well known in classical music circles. Um, his book, The Art of Interpretation, really speaks music beautifully about music. Um, so sort of outside of what you would classify as popular music and uh, some more world music type legends, Ravi Shankar, amongst others, King Sunny Day is in there. Just a lot of um, variety and variation. But rather than focusing on where they came from, uh, whether that's the geographic place or um, the genre that they're based out of, really focusing on the artists themselves and the instruments and other things associated with them as a person. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I got a kick out of was the MIMS holistic use of music in the little details. Like I think it was when I was down going through the artist gallery, I went to use the bathroom and I went into the restroom and the sinks, the signs by the sink say, please wash your hands for 20 seconds. And then it has the lyrics for Jolene by Dolly Parton. <laughs> so it's like, Jolene, 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 please don't take him just, or I'm begging you, please don't take my man. You know, so it has the words yep. and then it's like, it's music to our ears, you know? So I just laughed. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> Usually, it's you know, even- you, I mean, you might see something like saying happy birthday and that's how long it takes to wash your hands for 20 seconds, but I'm like, leave it to the mem to put in Jolene here. (laughs) Yeah, COVID gave us another opportunity to embed that. Um, But those musical elements are even built into our architecture. So like the the railing that goes on the second story that you can see is spaced as such to emulate um, the white and black keys on the piano. Mm. Like little little things to um, to most of us, (laughs) big things to an architect, um, but they really took everything into consideration, which is one of the great parts about working in a young institution. It's a brand new building. Yes. Um, you know, it's we absolutely have, gorgeous. Yes. It, re- it really is a beautiful space. And the um, landscaping and, outside as well. Yes. They, they did very well with that as well. So in addition to sort of having this beautiful space, the technology, we don't have barriers related to technology from being in an antiquated space. We're, yeah. we're really lucky. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Well, as I said, I was really impressed with the level of excellence at, at MIM and overall, and also Katie, your professionalism and expertise and education. And one thing that really was incredibly impressive to me is all that you and MIM have done to pivot due to the coronavirus and convert to virtual a lot of the programs that you direct. I mean, you really converted those in a short amount of time. And there's a lot of variety in the programming that MIM offers in terms of age and scope and and curriculum. Tell us about some of the programs that 
you did convert to a virtual format and that are now available to listeners, whether they are in the Phoenix area or not. Man, COVID has really given us an opportunity to think about delivery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think so many of us in March, uh, MIM shut down for a, a period of time um, over the summer, uh, starting in March. And, you know, there was a big question in arts organizations, MIM included, of, well, how long is this going to last? Yeah. Do we have the resources, both human and otherwise, to to offer something in a virtual space? Um, what does that look like? Who is the audience? What can you charge? Can you charge? Just, you know, what is the appropriateness of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided early on in April uh, to go ahead and take our mini music makers classes online. That's our early childhood music and movement programming. Okay. Um, one of our most popular uh, sequential educational programming that we offer here at the museum. And part of the reason we decided that was sort of, you know, as MIM was getting ready to close its doors and we were all going to uh, telecommute, I came in and took out a bunch of instruments in my car and said, (laughs) you know, I said, sort of come hell or high water, we're going to have some joyful music making. And I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but if there was ever a time Uh uh, to make music, it it is now. Um, And so we were able, because I had sort of uh, taken these instruments home and and set up my own um, home office as sort of a, a music studio, I was able to take those classes online. We were able also with some, with some grant funding from uh, PNC, uh, the bank uh, enabled us to make some of the the classes available to pay at you wish rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they could pay for eight or $12. And I, I think that that also helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so mini music makers is online that takes place on Wednesday mornings. And, um, you and know, you've had you people to- from all over the world attend that with their child. Yeah, we've had nearly, um, I believe it's 22 states and then two countries. Um, we've had people log in from Canada. I have people logging in from Berlin, Germany to take uh, part of it. And so when I say COVID really gave us an opportunity, I, I think it really did. Sure. Because we're reaching both sort of our, our regular audience. I'm reaching um, young kiddos and families that I haven't seen because they've moved away. So they're mm. logging in and re-engaging. And then there's a whole new audience that can't come into MIM physically due to where they live, but are really interested in the programming and the mission of what we're providing here. Uh-huh. So that early childhood class, that's for ages zero to five, I think? That's for ages zero to five. We have a a class for zero to three-year-olds and then a class for three to five-year-olds. And we, if you were to come to MIM, you know, we would be taking out our Balinese gamelan set and our drums and Mm -hmm. uh, all of those beautiful things. But, you know, the great part, and I think MIM really tells the story, is that people make music with whatever they have on hand. Mm. And so we're repurposing uh, Tupperware containers and boxes (laughs) and... (laughs) all sorts of things in order to to recreate that experience at home. Um, but the families have been really great at sort of pivoting their own music making uh-huh. uh, in this new way. And it's been super fun. Well, limitations produce innovation. So yeah, I love that perspective on what's happening right now in our, yeah. in our world. Well, for the slightly older kids, tell us about that class, because that sounded really cool with the build kits that you ship for those classes that grandparents could be doing with kids, even if grandma's in Michigan, and the grandchild is in Georgia. So tell us about mm-hmm. that. I think it's musical adventures class. Yeah. 
So our um, MIM Kids sequential programming goes mini music makers, zero to age five, and then musical adventures, which is for um, ages six to 10. We're sort of going six to 12 now that we're in this virtual space, but it's an opportunity for object-based learning to really sort of lead, uh, meaning that we take, take the instruments as objects and we sort of discover the culture through them. So we're shipping kits, instrument build kit to, uh, to students. Uh, parents are also coming and picking them up and we're exploring various parts of the world and various parts of MIM, but just in a virtual space instead. So we've done USA uh, blues and Zydeco music where they made washboard spoons and a harmonica. We have also done Peru and they've explored the indigenous side with uh, making their own set of pan pipes uh, and the Afro-Peruvian side where we made a cajita box drum. And then, you know, just in a couple weeks here, we're going to head uh, to East Africa and they're going to build their own thumb piano and hosho shaker mm-hmm. um, and explore the musical sounds. And then they have, of course, a fun instrument that they get to keep. Uh, and I would normally say take home with them, but they're already at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the cool thing that you mentioned when we were together is this instrument that they've built gives them a way to display their music, kind of like they would display artwork. So they can display mm-hmm. this instrument. And also the STEM education is woven into the creation of this instrument in terms of problem solving and building, industrial building, critical thinking, things like that. So it's really a, a neat program with a lot of intention and thought that's gone into the curriculum. Yeah, all of those STEM science standards are really hit quite well uh, in something like object-based learning through music. And I just think uh, it's a beautiful way to explore the world. Uh, You know, you get the musical sounds and you can recreate those musical sounds with context and and then the instruments too. I have a a colleague in Malaysia that um, they build their own mini MIM now and put all their instruments on display, uh, each with a label and a little bit of context. And they make these uh, beautiful musical examples that the parents can can access via a QR code. Mm -hmm. So much like MIM, just in a different setting. Oh, neat. Well, the other thing I want to quickly touch on is the fact that MIM offers field trips, and they've taken some of those field trips virtual. So Mm -hmm. I could have a school district here where I live in Minnesota, who does a one hour field trip of the MIM virtually. Mm -hmm. Tell us about some of the field trips that are available. Yeah, so our MIM kids classes are synchronous, and then our field trip options are asynchronous. So uh, with those, we took our most popular field trip options, and we turned them into sort of um, shorter videos that include um, some geographic um, context, include a deep dive at an exhibit. Um, and I, I sort of use deep dive loosely because it's about a three-minute deep dive. <laughs> um, musical examples that we have on display here at MIM, and then some sort of particular participatory activity. Uh, That's our musical menagerie tour, and that's for um, early childhood grades K through two. And in that, they're exploring animal symbolism and zoomorphism. And then our discovery tour uh, does something similar for grades three through 12. And that's really looking at sort of musical journeys and uh, community music making and how that takes place around the world. The STEM tour, which is our our newest release here in spring 2021, reimagines that STEM field trip I was talking about earlier, and it looks at organology. So organology is the the classification of musical instruments based on how they vibrate to produce Mm -hmm. sound. Yes, I 
love that chart that you have in the stem area of that. That was really cool. (laughs) Yeah, I think that a lot of times, especially those that are based in the US, we think about, you know, strings and woodwinds and percussion instruments, but there are many other ways to group and classify instruments. And the Hornbostel sax system of looking at um, the, the vibration, I think is really a useful way, especially when we talk about industrial design components and we talk about how instruments are made and how they work and all of those, uh, those STEM standards that are embedded in that. And so that video content is available virtually through our, our STEM field trip. Okay. And of course, there will be lots of links in the show notes where you can learn, listeners can learn more about these different offerings and contact MIM for more information. You also offer creative aging for memory care classes. Tell us just real quick about that before we wrap things up here. We were doing uh, memory care on site where they would get a, a tour of the galleries and then a music therapist would lead them through engaging and fun musical interventions. And so we've taken that virtually. That's in partnership with ASU Music Therapy. Dr. Melita Belgrave has come on board with us um, and we are recreating that MIM experience virtually. So primarily um, seniors that are living in assisted living facilities are logging on through Zoom and we're uh, taking a, a brief tour of the galleries, thinking about, talking about, creating musical sounds from different parts with different focus, and then coming and doing uh, some musical interventions together. You know, again, repurposing something you can shake and something you can tap, and those are instruments, and they all work out. Yeah. Well, and that's something I imagine that the seniors could attend again, with family members and loved ones who are not in their same geographical area. So like Mm -hmm. if there was a grandma in one state, and that person's adult child was in a different state, they could probably attend those together. Is that right? Virtually? Yeah, yeah, well, we're working on getting it so it's more of a public option. So that's sort of forthcoming here in late spring. um, And we're excited to see uh, where that goes. But you know, all things are possible, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Love that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> well, Katie, I ask all my guests to close out our conversation with a musical ending, a coda, by sharing a song or story about a moment that music enhanced your life. Can you tell us about a song or story as we close things out today? Sure. For me, music has enhanced my life in so many ways. And and I think in conversation about MIM and about everything being bound by these countries and these territories that we uh, display in the exhibits that they're in, this idea of something that many of us recognize that music most certainly crosses borders and boundaries. And being surprised at at some of the sounds that you can hear when you're abroad and sort of the transformative power that gets associated with musical sounds. And so my example is uh, Kenny Rogers, the gambler. (laughs) (laughs) I I already devolved that I'm a a bit of a music, uh, country music fan. (laughs) Um, But Kenny Rogers is a sound that I hear quite regularly in East Africa. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's not uncommon to, to go into um, a bar or restaurant in Tanzania, especially if they're doing karaoke and in the background to hear 
Gotta know when to hold them. <laughs> know when to hold them. <laughs> and it always, you know, on one side of that, I was like, man, how did Kenny Rogers end up in East Africa? <laughs> I've been going to Tanzania for a number of years. And um, in 2007, even NPR did a story about Kenny Rogers' popularity in Sub-Saharan really? Africa. Oh, yeah. interesting. And then on the flip side of that, I come back to him. We've got this beautiful mass and musical instruments, African art display the mass and music of Congo and our chief curator who did his field work in the Democratic Republic of the Congo many years ago, 80s, 90s, you know, and he's giving a presentation about Congo and he's like, yeah, and you know, that guy, that country music guy? <laughs> no way. <laughs> and, I, yeah, and I'm sitting in a room full of volunteers and I go, Kenny Rogers? He's like, yeah, they <laughs> love Kenny Rogers. <laughs> And they do. And so music, you know, to some extent, you know, I don't want to say that music is the universal language, but music is most certainly an international language. And as we say here at at MIM, you know, it's the language of the soul. And so now every time I hear Kenny Rogers, I'm immediately transplanted back uh, to Tanzania, thinking to myself, how did Kenny Rogers end up in Tanzania? (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. a little bit of the YouTube video of Kenny Rogers, The Gambler. Thanks so much to Katie for joining us today and for sharing this jubal with us that we have in Phoenix. I encourage you to check out the MIM, definitely in person if you're in the Phoenix area, and check it out virtually if you're not in the area. There are lots of ways to have a MIM experience from a distance, including classes and field trips. There are links in the show notes as well as some pictures from my visit there. February is Black History Month. Enhanced Life with Music has multiple episodes related to this topic, including episode 25 on the role of music and spirituals within African-American culture. Links, you guessed it, are in the show notes. Well, you're there. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know if you've found a place like the MIM that especially enhances your life with music. Thank you so much for joining me today. Until next week. May your life be enhanced with music.